0: Just by means of introduction, I want you now to use your imagination and think that you are in an airport terminal. We're gonna go on a bit of a journey together. So you're now in an er er airport terminal, waiting for your flight. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, flight. 777 from trinity is ready to depart from gate seven so please have your passports and your boarding passes ready for inspection and come forward now to the gate thank you good afternoon madam good afternoon so may i see your passport
1: dutch yeah really yeah Dutch. but i, but I, oh, I, I
2: what? have another one.
0: You have, oh, oh. now that's you know there's 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 places for people like you two passports
1: well it's not a passport no no but
0: i see that i see this i can't let you travel on this one i'm <laughs> afraid
1: this, this gets me into india from where i'm from okay but my citizenship is from the netherlands
0: that's interesting. Um, shall we hear from some of the other passengers, perhaps? I think We're... so. Yeah. So, anybody want to, and maybe on Zoom as well? You are also passengers. If you want to unmute <laughs> and tell us where where are you from?
2: My name's Mark, and I'm from. In Indonesia. Our...
1: From Indonesia. Okay. Mexico. Mexico. Wow. Tim. Singapore, okay. Scotland. <laughs> Johan is not very happy with that response <laughs> because yeah, c- he's Dutch as well.
0: Citizenship is a very, um, it is a very emotive conversation. Finland. okay. India.
2: Scotland.
0: Sco- what was that? Scotland. Scotland. No. Yeah. Celt.
2: Mm-hmm. Celt.
0: <laughs> Colombia. Oh, I missed that one as well. Sounded like Ethiopia, but I may have just made that up.
1: <laughs> Colombia?
0: Colombia. Colombia. Yeah, okay, good. Okay, so we, we have a variety of. Tanzania. Yay! Tanzania. <laughs> South Africa. Ghana. 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 Oh, we're getting it now. There's a roll coming. Poland. Brilliant. Okay. Kenya. So what makes you a citizen of that place or what some of the factors, I am Dutch because, or I am from Singapore because, or I feel Singaporean, (laughs) if that's a word. (laughs) So what are some of those, again, shout them out from Zoom, shout them out from here. What kind of things prove or make you have that sense of citizenship? Place of birth. Place of birth. OK. The language. Language. Good.
1: Culture. Culture. I can handle very spicy food. Aren't <laughs> 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 you do. Irish? <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> Work. Work?
0: Yeah. The others? Just give you a little clue. <laughs> your passport, yes, quite important. Ella. Yeah. Family, good one. Yeah, your, your connection, your links. Okay, that's good. Just hold those things. We'll we'll come back to these a little bit later in the service. Um, and as you saw, our theme maybe at the beginning was um, citizens of heaven. So we're going to be looking at what. What earth does that mean then? But we're going to move into a song now. This is part of what being a citizen is actually. So if we could have the team back up to sing. Um, it, God declares us as citizens. And in this song, friend of God, one of the words he uses to describe us is, are his friends. So we'll move through this song. Let's stand again, please. And there's some actions to this one, so it'll be a little bit more energetic.
2: Who here remembers when they became a friend of God? Do you remember what that was like, that first time that you realized, ah, I have really, truly become a friend of God? was about more than 20 years ago for me. And one of the things that happened for me at that time is that I realized that Despite all of my best efforts and the things that I did to make myself look good to everybody else, kind of like I made myself look a little pretty this morning with the scarf and liturgically appropriate clothes, but I had to actually get rid of all those things that I was trying to put on myself that made myself look better and realize who I was without Christ, and then I had a really good friend who actually led me into faith, and kind of what happened is like, instead of that gray stuff, which doesn't reflect much at all, I got this white jacket. Now, of course, clothes are not, this is not, what it is to be in Christ, but when you have been clothed in Christ, and you accept him, it's like you get this jacket that is white, and it reflects the light and the love of God. Sorry, I realize I'm not on the, on the microphone. Sorry for the people at home. I'm sorry. Anyways, but, Manju, if you could just turn out the, these front lights. So even without lights on, you can actually see me because I'm reflecting the white of Christ reflects from me. So that's great. And that's really great news. And I can tell you that if you have never come to a place where you have really put off all of the pretense and all of the things that you do to try to make yourself look good and just accept what Christ has done for you, This is a good day to do it and you can meet one of us after the service and we'd be happy to lead you to christ but it doesn't stop there does it because we all know that life happens and we are still human and things happen along the way like this morning i was biking here and i didn't stop for a stoplight and i justified myself not paying attention to the rules, because, well, there wasn't any traffic coming, and ha, oh, it makes me a bit ingeberged. I'm just like all the Dutch people who don't pay any attention to the rules either. And then I thought about it, and I thought, oh, that's not good, but I was also late this morning. I told them I would be here at a certain time. They were counting on me being here, and I was late, and I thought, oh, yeah, that's also just like the Brabant people because, you know, the Brabant's quartiertje, everybody's late for everything, it doesn't matter. So these are stupid little things, maybe. And then there are more typical things, like, oh, I didn't do what I was supposed to do. I'm going to lie and say, I'm going to lie and say that, you know, I did it, and then I'll go home and do it really fast so it's still on time. Or my husband says something to me, and I'm in a bad mood, and so I grouch back at him, even though he didn't really deserve it. But I think, oh, it's his fault because you know he's the one that did it. And you know, the reality is. Oh boy. (laughs) Oh, yeah. The reality is, is that on on a normal day (laughs) I can accumulate quite a lot of darkness around me. And um, it's time then to go to Christ again and say, oh, man, I really did this wrong. And so we're going to go through um, a a confession. It's gonna come up on the screen, and we're gonna go slowly. So I'm gonna say some words, and then I wanna, I would like everybody to just let it sink in before we say the response words together. To let us know, you know, so that we can really enter in what it is to, get rid of the muck that, you know, I don't reflect the light so well. I don't reflect the love of Christ so much when I dirty myself with sin. So we're going to go through a confession and then a song, and then you're going to see me taking off the dirt as we cast down our sinful selves and, um, Manju is going to help me put on a new jacket, because once we've confessed, then we are again clean in Christ, and again can reflect the light of God. Now, especially you grown-ups, you probably all know somebody who's been a Christian a really long time, and they are always, like, glowing, aren't they? They're always shining. And I don't think it's because they don't, necessarily sin, because I think they do, because they're still human like the rest of us. But they know it right away, and they confess it right away. And so they are more able to shine right away. Thank you. So I'm going to lead us into a confession. So I'll say what is in not bold, and then we're just going to pause for a minute. And then I'll say the little line that leads us into the, uh, um, so. Lord, you have called us friends, and yet sometimes we do and say things which make you sad. Forgive us. And help us to remember you have called us by name, and we are yours. Lord, by not listening to you, we make a mess of our lives and hurt those around us and hurt those we love. Forgive us and help us to remember you have called us by name, and we are yours. Lord, we do not always speak the truth, and we make excuses when we act in ways that do not reflect you. Forgive us and help us to remember. You have called us by name, and we are yours. Lord, when others hurt us, we often justify our lack of forgiveness towards them. Forgive us and help us to remember you have called us by name and we are yours. Lord, we strive and fight to prove ourselves right at great cost to our families, colleagues, friends, and even ourselves. Forgive us and help us to remember, you have called us by name and we are yours. Lord, you have called us friends. You have made us clean. Your grace is enough. Help us to remember, you have called us by name and we are yours.
0: Okay, let's stand and sing this declaration together as you can, you can see some of the visual impact, I hope, of verse one as uh, Manju and Chris demonstrate what we're doing as we sing these words. Christ lives in me. Let's just um, have a moment just to pray. father we thank you for your word and we thank you for your promises and we thank you for making us your citizens calling us your friends calling us your children and as we just look a little bit at what that means help us to understand more fully the truth of this so that we can go away feeling lighter in our souls in jesus name Amen. So the the version that Lucas just read there for us, it has a line and it says, we are citizens of high heaven. I just love that. And another translation, which Joanna will read a little bit later, um, our homeland is in heaven. Now I think of of all the sort of Christian communities to understand this, an international church, Trinity Church Eindhoven has great capacity to, to embrace what the truth of this passage is. We heard lots of different nationalities mentioned and some of us have two i mean how confusing is that i have a uk passport i have an irish passport and i live in the netherlands i mean i'm completely and utterly displaced in the world terms Uh, i don't really know who i am in the sense of which one is my actual identity I, i know sometimes i feel more one or the other i lean to more one or the other but I'm living in the Netherlands. And so if I decided, all right, well, actually I like the UK rules a little bit better, so I won't bother giving way to the right in the traffic laws, (laughs) it doesn't matter, the UK rules are enough. It's gonna, look, it's not necessarily gonna end well. Somebody might get very hurt, including me. (laughs) Uh, Or there might be, um, oh, I won't bother paying taxes here. I'll just pay them in the UK because they're lower. So again, I think the man with the blue envelope or the lady with the blue envelope is gonna come knocking at my door. So being a citizen means living in a way that reflects how we're supposed to in the place where we are. Um, can I just have a show of hands if you are Dutch by, by passport? Yeah, there's, there's quite a lot of you out there. How many of you now of that group feel Dutch? Okay, still quite a few, but less. And oh, I'm half. I mean, honestly, I don't feel a Dutch at all, because I didn't I wasn't born here. We had some of those words. I wasn't born here. I don't have a passport saying I'm Dutch. I, the government has never told me I'm Dutch for good reasons, <laughs> but, um, but some of us, like I think of the kids here and the teenagers, a lot of you were actually born here, even though you're not from Dutch parents. Uh, some of you came here when you were very young, so you've gone to maybe Dutch school, you've grown up in a Dutch neighborhood, you speak the language fluently, you have that sense of being dutch even though you might have a Singaporean passport, or a Indian passport, or an Irish passport, or Scottish passport. Well, there's not so such thing, but there will be one day a Scottish passport. <laughs> um, so we we do um, have that feeling, I think, of tension between being in one place, but not really necessarily feeling fully at home in that place. And I think that's a spiritual reality that all of us who are in Christ can recognise. We're here, we're in the world, but there's something a bit restless about us because everything isn't always good, as Chris showed in her jacket. We're not we're not fully right. <laughs> Some would say I've never been fully right, but there we go. We we want to have our long term home. We long for it. At some level, and maybe sometimes we don't really long for it because we think, oh man, heaven, oh, I'm not sure what that's going to look like. I want to, uh, there's a nice definition there of uh, what an expat is, those who are living long term in a place that they don't completely belong to. We're living long term on earth, but we don't completely belong here. We have another home. And I want to be clear that I'm not saying we should just sit and think about heaven and not do anything here, just like, oh, okay, heaven's there. I'm just gonna, not gonna get involved in this world, nor should we, can I have the next slide, please? Um, get to the point where we're so cozy and so comfortable here, that actually we've forgotten where our true home is. I love this translation from First Peter. Friends, this world is not your home, so don't make yourselves cozy in it. Just to sort of pad this out a little bit, I want to give two illustrations, one from the Old Testament and one from Disney. (laughs) We'll see how that goes together. Daniel, you met, do anyone remember Daniel, the guy who went into the lion's den at one point? Well, he was a teenager, when his land was invaded and he and many, many other people were taken away to another land. And, and I think we can feel echoes of that when we see situations like Russia and Ukraine, we feel the tension that citizenship, the power of it when we feel it's been taken away. But he was brought over to this place and Babylon was not a reflection of what God had said or to do and how to live. But Daniel stood, in that place and he didn't go okay I'm not just I'm just going to not do anything he, he talked to the people and he said look can we try this can I try not eating the food that's been offered to your gods and your idols for 30 days he was in dialogue and it worked well at the end of the 30 days he and his friends were looking healthier and stronger and he was given permission to continue that he prayed every day three times he kept his relationship firm with God and then even grew in power and influence in the political and social realms. He was really high up to the point when eventually way, way longer in the story, the King said, you know, we need to worship the God that Daniel worships. So he was able to be a transforming voice where he was and speak to that. Now maybe for those of us who are a little bit younger, and younger at heart and who like Disney, like me. We can see, I can see this in The Lion King. Who's seen The Lion King? Either the cartoon or the real version. There's little Simba and he's in the middle of the stampede and then he finds his father lying dead and he doesn't know what to do. He's completely lost. And then his nice, lovely, friendly Uncle Scar comes along And I think for us also as Christians, we can see the symbolic nature of who this scar represents. He comes along and he pretends to be loving and comforting, but he speaks lies. He speaks destruction to Simba. He says, oh, this is your fault. You're to blame. You're a bad little lion." You know, that kind of sense of guilt and shame that he puts on Simba. And he tells him, run away, run away. Don't don't stay here in this homeland of yours. Go, go, go. You'll belong here. Simba obediently does. He tells everybody there that he's dead and get wants the power. He wants the kingdom. He wants to be king. So he's got that. Meanwhile, over in Hakuna Matata land with Pumba and Timon, Simba's very happy. He's cozy in his new citizenship until at some point, I think it's Nala, and then the crazy monkey, Rafiki, comes along with a stick and he says, Simba, You've forgotten who you are. He has to bang him on the head. And sometimes we need a bit of a bang on the head. And he goes to this like river and it's that eerie sort of experience and he hears this booming voice. Whoa. It's a bit like, I, it also reminds me of Jesus's baptism. He goes down to the water and there's a voice from heaven that says, remember who you are. And that's what, that's what the songs we've been singing have been trying to say to us. Remember who you are. Don't forget that our, Our homeland is heaven. And can I have the next slide, uh, Rajesh? Can I have the next one? It's not just remembering who you are, but remembering whose you are, who we belong to. It's God who says, I'm putting my citizenship on you. Like Chris said, it's not something we can do, make ourselves all fancy and, okay, now I'm a citizen of heaven. I look good. It's like, no, we cast it all away and God says, you're mine. And I'd like us just to continue in that thought and sing.
2: You are. Oh, oh,
1: still
0: yeah, well, oh, we're back. I am who you say I am. So, so please stand and sing this together.
1: now that we've heard what it means to be a citizen of heaven, let us see how we can actually be citizens of heaven here while we are on this earth, still steeped in all the earthly rules and the values of this world. Now as citizens of heaven, as being citizens of that homeland, we have a role to play in influencing and bringing the characteristics of that kingdom wherever we are placed or displaced. And just like we are a citizen of a, of a country, we strongly feel that uh, a real citizenship means um, being personally involved in things around us, uh, sharing the, the same values, um, understanding the, the culture, the language, um, accepted by locals. Uh, and so just like that, we are also called as children of God to be here on this earth following kingdom uh, principles. Now, the priorities of a earthly citizen are earthly. They're concerned with earthly things. Uh, They're just temporary in this world. But priorities of of a heavenly citizen is concerned with things that are eternal. In Colossians 3.1, Paul says to the Colossians uh, believers, since then, you have been raised with Christ Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Now the believer's new heavenly position here is, um, the heavenly position in Christ is that we should show a radical effect or change in, in our lives here on earth. And for this, we need wisdom and discernment to, to live here with, with that kingdom principles. And I have three small points to share for that. The first one is stand strong, stand fast in one spirit. Now, if we truly wanna live here as citizens of, uh, of heaven, um, we, have, we sometimes find ourselves going against the grain, but we are of a different world, of a different mindset. And therefore, we need to know what we believe in, why we believe it, and how to share that or to communicate that clearly with, with others, with that watching world. In uh, 1 Peter uh, chapter 3, verse 15, Peter says, in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. Now, just like Scar in The Lion King, uh, there is an enemy who lies waiting for us to turn our face away from God luring us to the things of this world which are not always bad in itself I mean it could be you know when you're sitting along with your friends and somebody else makes a, a comments about somebody who's passing by in a in a wrong way in a rude way and you just laugh along with it you didn't say it or it could be a heated discussion with your colleagues you're fighting for what is is what you believe in the the principle of whatever you work with but you're rude you're Um, not saying it with gentleness. It's all fine over here. So as, you know, kids, church, kids, you remember the armor of God, you know, in Ephesians 6, it talks about that we must be strong with the belt of truth around our waist. We must have our feet shored with um, with the readiness to share the gospel. We must hold our shield of faith. And we must protect our minds with the helmet of salvation. And we must be able to wield a sword of truth. And now as we stand strong in God's word, we move on to the next one, we stand together. Now Paul told the Philippians, with one mind striving together for the faith of the gospel. Being a citizen of a country, we tend to stay with our groups sometimes, and we grow together, we encourage each other, we help each other in difficult times. And so just like that, we are called to help each other, receive help, be vulnerable, be open, encourage one another, be encouraged. And we might think, we don't, I don't wanna disturb somebody with my problems. I don't want to tell them that I'm facing this. But that's not what community or family is about. And cell groups are one way where we come together as as family, sharing in each other's troubles, pains, victories, successes, celebrations, joys. And that's what we are together as community. And as we stand strong and as we stand together, we stand faithful. Now, just because we are citizens of heaven and our homeland is there, doesn't mean that we have an easy sailing of, you know, a happy life here, free of troubles, everything's going great, successes all the time. We're still living on this earth, which is wrecked with sin. And we are equally troubled in pain in our body and in our mind, and We have difficulties in our relationships with one another. We have difficulties in our studies in schools, in our workplaces. But the difference is as we go through these struggles, Christ is with us, along with us, giving us that peace that passes all understanding. He doesn't take away all of that all the time. He might be, we might not hear him, but he is there standing with us, comforting us, carrying us through that pain. And as of last week, we started the the second prayer course of unanswered prayers during this Lent season. And we're standing together as a community, as a group, uh, supporting each other, hearing each other out and learning about who God is in this moment. So be encouraged and stand faithful now. All this seems like an overwhelming job that Christ has given us and he's expecting us to do here on earth. But take heart. The message version to, uh, in Matthew uh, chapter 11, verse 41 says, this is a large work I've called you into. But don't be overwhelmed by it. It is best to start small. Give a cool cup of water to someone who is thirsty, for instance the smallest act of giving or receiving makes you a true apprentice you won't lose out on a thing simple acts of kindness and grace and what does this look like in our in our world here today as, as children as students as young adults as university going students as as who we are here how does it look like it some examples could be sending as simple as sending a card to somebody telling them that we we're thinking of them, giving them a call, visiting them. Uh, and at this moment, you know, donating money or supplies to organizations that are supporting Ukraine. Helping with a meal. Now, since the beginning of this year, you all have been supporting Yarn and Reek with meals since the beginning of this year and we're going on. And that is such an overwhelming sight to see how we come together as community. And Jan and Riek are definitely blessed by that. It could be in your, in your schools, helping one another in classroom projects or homework. It could be showing kindness to somebody who has hurt you. Now, that's a hard one. Now, think for a couple of seconds on how you think that you can show that small act of kindness to somebody around you. And then let's, let's hear it over here or on on zoom so think for it for a couple of seconds if you have some ways that's related to you in your daily life on how we can start small show that simple act of kindness